Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. house of the Lord today. I'm glad to see each and every person here. Uh, This place is uh, not too crowded. It's not too crowded, but I am thankful for each and every person that's here. I'm thankful that you all chose to come today. It was not a necessity for you to show up. I believe you all made the choice to be here today. A good chunk of you. I, I, I don't know of anyone here who had someone uh, tell them, you're coming with me with a gun in your back. I don't know of anyone that had a parent threatening to spank you if you didn't show up. I'm not sure how many of you have. I'm not even going to say that. Anyway, thank you all for being here. And I I repeat what I said earlier. If you would please keep Pastor in prayer. Uh, He he come by my spot at work today uh, and told me that he had scheduled a doctor's appointment and he was going to be taking off work early. And in that moment, I, I, I... stood there as he as he went off and I I began to I began to feel like maybe I need to talk to him and see whether or not he would like me to take care of service tonight he's going to the doctor uh, but later on towards the end of the day when it got closer to uh when it got closer to the end of the day and I'd come back from lunch or when I was about to go off on lunch one or the other I, I went and told him, I said, so what's the plans for service tonight? And he asked me, so do you want to preach? I said, can if you want me to. I can if you want me to. I, I felt God lay this message on my heart uh, back during homecoming at Star Bethlehem, which obviously is not too long ago. Obviously, that's not too long ago. And I felt God speak this message to me and tell me that this is what needed to be heard. And uh, I pray that God would be with me and help me to speak the words that he's given me to speak. Because I believe it is specifically targeted to some people here. There are some people I wish were here that are not here that that I had in my thoughts as I was thinking of this message. And some words that I I wish that I could say straight to some people's faces that I believe God wants them to hear. But I believe that everyone in here needs to hear this as well. This is a message that our church needs, that our young people need, our adults need. God is trying to speak a message to us today. If you would, 
Uh, if you would please stand with me, I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter number three. We're reading from the book of Exodus, chapter number three. Uh, this is a popular story. I'm not going to say that everyone here knows it because you may not. But this is a popular story. To catch you up, the man in our, in our reading today uh, was adopted as a child. He was adopted out of slavery when his mother, the mother of the child that we will be reading about when he was a child, when he was newly born, his mother was a slave and she didn't want her son to be killed because all the owners of the slaves at that time were under orders to kill baby boys. But she said, I don't want my son to die. So she hid her son for as long as she could. Now those of you who've ever had a baby, I don't know how long, as long as she could was. But it was not long enough in this mother's mind, I'm sure. Because after a short time, babies get loud. Babies get mobile. Babies get dangerous. And babies get hard to hide. <laughs> but she hid him as long as she could. And when she could hide him no longer, she put him in a basket and sent him down the river, hopefully, hoping, hoping that he would find someone who would have compassion on him and save him. And indeed, she was so lucky. The daughter of the king found him and raised him as her own. He was raised as royalty, but before too long, the conflicting ideas in his mind of am I a slave or am I a, am I a child of God or am I a child of this worldly king? Am I a child of the Pharaoh or am I a child of God? These conflicting identities became too much and he killed an Egyptian who was attacking one of his people and then went on the run because the king did not like that. But he has now been on the run for 40 years. He's now been on the run for 40 years. He's been hanging out in the desert. Maybe even changed his name. We don't really know what he did to hide from the Egyptian government as a fugitive. Except that he married, he married the daughter of Jethro, who was a priest in Midian and became a shepherd instead of a prince. And that's where we pick up our story today. Forty years after the murder, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, verse number one, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. If you didn't catch that, there's an angel that has shown up. He looks like fire. And he is a... In the middle of a bush. There is a bush on fire in the middle of the desert. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush burned 
with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So, how many of you have ever seen a fire before? I know a good chunk of you have because it was only a couple weeks ago that we were all seeing fires. And there's this funny thing about fires. Fires destroy things. Except, for, uh, except in this case because this fire was not destroying the thing. The thing was not getting any more destroyed even though it was on fire. And this confused Moses. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why this bush is not burnt, even though it's on fire. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And he said, draw not nigh hither, which means don't get any closer. Put off your shoes. Translation, take off your shoes from off of your feet. Because the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Translation, this place is too holy for your stinky shoes. He said, I am the God of your father. Who's his father? The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. Moses was adopted, remember. And now Moses is hearing, I am the God of the people that birthed you. Not the, not the people that took you in. Not the world that raised you. I am the God of the people you were born from. I'm the God of your origin. And the Lord said, I have seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I know what they're dealing with. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out of that land to a good land, to a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, this land is rich. It's got... It's able to make crops. It's able to give you food. It's able to take care of you. I want to take you to a place where you're going to be taken care of. It's the place where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites live. A lot of people that were dangerous. Now, behold the cry of the children of Israel. Come to me. I've seen the oppression that wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee to Pharaoh. I'm going to send you to the man that raised you, that, and you are going to tell him you're done with him. You're going to tell him, let my people go. Tell him to bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The place that raised you, I want you to stand up to him and say, I'm done with you, and we are leaving. So, how many of you have people that raised you up that, I'm not done yet. I will tell you, I'm almost done. Give me like two seconds. <laughs> All right. How many of you have people that have raised you up that you cannot imagine telling them, I'm done with the way you raised me? Because the way you raised me was wrong. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what Moses was thinking the, about the response I just got. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I to tell Pharaoh he's wrong? Let's pray together.
Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for your awesome power. We thank you that you brought us here into this place today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to get a revelation of who we are in you, of what you've done, and of all that you want to do with us, Lord. Give us a vision to see ourselves through your eyes and not our own, and help us to be transformed by your awesome power. In Jesus' name, I love you, and I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Um, now, names are an interesting topic. So anyone here got a weird name? Yeah, autocorrect let me know that Keely had somewhat of an unusual name the other day. Um, because I posted those photos of... I posted the photos of her getting her Holy Ghost certificate. I typed it in, and autocorrect corrected me before I knew it. And I was informed, why does, why does Facebook say that Keyless received the Holy Ghost this week? That's because autocorrect thought that Keely was a strange name. However, to be fair, I know what it's like to have a strange name. I, I know what it's like to have a strange name to the point where has anyone ever got that had someone say your name wrong? Anyone ever told you that? Anyone ever? Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure people in this very building have said the word Vassar wrong. Vassur. 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 Yeah, it's been said wrong a few times in this very place until. They made sure we knew how to say it. And your sister has let us know that Christina is spelled with a K. And to this very day, that my dad calls her Christina with a K every time. Has to add that prepositional phrase on the end. But anyway, as that being said, I have had people say my name wrong my entire life. I introduce myself to people. I say, hello, my name is Jakin. And I try to accentuate myself as well as I can because without fail, they will continue to call me Jacob. Accentuate it too much sometimes. I had one guy who to this very day, if I ever see him again, will probably call me Jenkins. Jenkins was what he called me and probably still will call me the guy used to go to Star Bethlehem. He does not anymore. But yeah, he he um, called me Jenkins. I, I, I have had some that veered off the path and called me different things entirely. I've had Jackson, James, and Jason. Uh, but my name is not Jacob. Was uh, it's actually my Apple ID username is Jakin, not Jacob, because you know uh, I just thought it's a very interesting thing that you have to correct people on your name sometimes. But sometimes, you know, oddly enough, we were having this conversation before church started. Sometimes I'm not even sure if people know who they are. Hmm. And that's going to be my title today. 
where sometimes you've heard stuff so many different ways that I, I might have to ask you the question, do you know who you are? That's what Moses was asking. Moses said, who am I to stand before Pharaoh? I'm going to be talking tonight on this topic. Do you even know who you are? So, how many of you ever had someone ask, who are you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a basic introductory type question, honestly. Um, who are you? Bobby, okay. Who are you, sir? Texas, okay. Who are you? That is my mother. Who are you? What's that? Lisa? Who are you? <laughs> okay, okay. Some people have some people have some some people are being private around here, okay. <laughs> Who are you? Some people are lying to me now. Who are you? Alexis. Alexis, thank you. There's honesty. Direct, honest, straight forward alexis all right some people around here know who they are some people are lying to me and some people are asking me to ask other people who they are and honestly that's about uh, that's about accurate for the way people are some people are honest they'll just tell you straightforward i am who i am and that's who i am and some people make up something. They, they put up a false face. And they, they, they put up some other idea. I am this name that is not my name. I, oh, I'm this person. I am I'm this strong, tough individual. I am I, I'm, I, I'm funny. I'm, I'm successful. I'm cool. I'm tough. I'm this, I'm that. And sometimes it's not true. Oh, yeah, I forgot good looking. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, they put up this idea of who they are. And some people totally fake the good looking thing thanks to the magical filters of Instagram and Snapchat. But. It, and honestly, there's this one woman on Facebook. Every time I see her picture, she is so filtered. I think she looks like a cartoon. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm like, you look like a cartoon, and you don't even look like a cartoon version of yourself. You look like a cartoon version of a cel of a celebrity. And it, it's just true. That's the way people are these days. I, I had someone that I know is well over the age of looking like she looks according to this filter. Every wrinkle in her face magically removed. And I'm like, that does not even look remotely real. No one believes that this is what you look like. She goes here. You know who she is. <laughs> That's besides the point. <laughs> That's besides the point. But people put out all these different pictures. And then some people say, well, ask so-and-so who I am. Oh, do you know who you, who are you? Why don't you ask them what they think of me? I, I didn't even plan to go there, but you guys just, just let it go so easily off of my opening illustration. But that is what we have going on in this world. Here's the problem. 
Sometimes we make up faces so much that when I ask, who are you? I'm not asking about your name. I'm not asking about your name. When people ask, who are you? How would you define yourself? They give you a lie. But they don't even know they're lying. And you have to ask, do you really know who you are? Do you really know who you are? I mean, it got to the point. It's gotten to the point at, point at times in my life. Where I would honestly go to the Starbucks counter and I would tell them my name was Jacob. Because I didn't want to have to explain myself. I would go to the restaurant counter and I would tell them the wrong name because I knew it would take too much to explain. And you know what? That's actually where Moses is in our story. Moses has got to the point where he's far past his mother saying to him, you are a child of Abraham. Moses is far past the time when his mom told him, I chose you to be saved because God has a greater purpose for you than he has for all these other babies out here that are being destroyed. Moses is long past the days of hearing of the God of creation, of the God who created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. Moses is far past the days where he heard his mother tell of how Abraham was called to become Abraham, the father of a multitude, where, where Isaac was called to, to be saved from being killed on top of a mountain when God made a sacrifice to, to be in place of him. He's far past the days of hearing his mother tell about how, he, of how their nation was saved because the dreams of Jacob, and, uh, because of the dreams of Joseph, the son of Jacob, who went to Egypt to save them because God chose them to survive. He's long past those days because now he lived through an entire life of hearing the lies of Egypt about the sun god, about the Nile god, about the fact that Pharaoh was a god. He lived through all that mess now. And, and now he does, he's not even sure he knows who he is. But one day when he's in, out there, one day when he's out there around 40 years old, his mom's teaching started rolling in his ears. And conflicting with the stuff that he heard. and He's like, you know, I was told God chose me for a purpose. Maybe this is how it goes. And he killed the guy. And then when he tried to lead the people, the people said, who are you? The people said, are you going to kill me like you did that other guy? They didn't trust him. that they did not trust him. Anyway, this will work. 
So what's he going to do when he realizes that the narrative he had in his mind didn't line up with the narrative that God had in mind? When the narrative that he had in mind didn't line up with what Pharaoh had in mind or what God had in mind, what's he going to do? How's it supposed to work? Check that. Check over there. Praise the Lord. We're back to normal. Back to normal. Okay. What happens when my story and God's story and all these stories are mingling in my head? The world's telling me one thing. God's telling me another thing. And I'm somewhere in the middle. What do I do? And then suddenly God says, here's what you do. And you're sitting there thinking, God? Me? Moses is thinking, God, you want me to set the people free? You realize that went wrong 40 years ago. You realize that was a problem before? And it didn't work the way that I thought it was supposed to work? And I just don't know about this, Lord. And he starts arguing with God. And God says... In response to who am I, God says, forget that. Who am I? God is coming to Moses and saying, Moses, I want you to do a thing. Moses says, God, I can't do said thing. And, And God says, forget that. Forget about that. Who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? And God said, God ignored his question and said, I will be with you, and this will be how you know that I'm with you. I will be with you. That's the point. And Moses keeps on going and keeps on arguing with God. God lets Moses know, here's my name, and here's this, and here's that, and Moses is still thinking, who am I by the end of it? But by the end of it, God says, Moses puts arguments about this, about I'm not able, I'm not this, and I'm not that. And at the end, God simply says, who made your mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? You're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, where are you going with this? God did not create the man that Moses had become. God is the creator. Everyone agree with me there? God created everything that there is on this planet. It says before he told the prophet Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly of your mother, I already knew who you were. Before your DNA was even sequenced, I knew who you were. David said, you formed me in the depths of the earth. He, 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 he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. From the very beginning, before the day you were ever born, when you were in your mama's belly, God already knew who you were. 
the problem that Moses is facing. God did not create the man that stood before him at the burning bush. God didn't make that Moses. Egypt made that Moses. Midian made that Moses. All the messages he'd heard throughout his entire life created the man who stood before God that day. You see, the people out there that create personality tests, put it this way. You are not your personality. Your personality is what you use to cover up who you are. That God, you have covered the person that God made you to be with whatever this or that. You're covering up the person that God made you to be with jokes, and you're covering up the person that God made you to be with this outer image that you put the rest of the world. That is who. Moses is standing before God with a thousand and two questions. Yeah. Who am I? And God's like, you're the guy I called. You're the guy who's here in the middle of the desert. You're the only one of the children of Israel that's not currently a slave. That's who you are. You're the child of Israel that I chose, that I let survive the attacks of the enemy. You're the guy that I let survive every attack that came at him up until this point. You are that guy. You're the one that I chose. You're the one that's going to lead Israel. You're the guy, Moses. And now we got people who are acting like Moses. You've come into this service today. You're hearing a preacher tell you that God has chosen you and God made you and God made you for a purpose and he knew you before you were ever born and you're sitting there and you're like, right. You're sitting there like, God chose you, right. God made you for a reason, right. And you're just looking at me like, mm, sure. Here's the truth of the matter. God didn't make the person that you are right now. God didn't make you to be a rebellious little teenager that turns their nose at everything that any person in authority said. God didn't make you to be that person who's sad all the time. God didn't make you to be scared of everything. God didn't make you for what you're living in right now. God did not make you to be that. God made you for a purpose and a plan. God made you to reach this world. God made you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God made you to be baptized in Jesus' name. God made you to live holy and separate from the rest of this world. God made you to send you out into this world and to be a light in the world, to be a light in this dark, messed up world. God made you for a greater purpose than you're living right now. You see, there was another man in the Bible. There's another man in the Bible that I, I, I uh, 
actually wrote down and I started to open with him. But I feel like it's better to mention him now. God sent an angel to this guy. I, I kind of alluded to him a second ago. I mentioned Jacob. Yeah, Bobby knows this story pretty well. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled. And that's where we are right now. You are having an encounter with the Spirit right now. When you walk into this church building, God immediately started talking to you. Whether or not you heard him is a different question. Whether or not you heard him. You're wrestling with this. You're wrestling with listening to the word of God being preached right now. You wrestled all the way through the song service. You wrestled with the thoughts and the feelings that God was putting inside your head. That's the reason some of you were brought to tears at certain points. That's the reason some of you felt a pull inside of you at certain points in this service. That's the reason that shame started to double down in your mind. That's the reason that you suddenly got every angry thought you've ever had started bubbling up again. Because you're wrestling against the angels of God right now that are trying to speak into your heart. And in this moment, if you will allow them, if you'll keep on wrestling, at some point they're going to make it so that you can't ignore it anymore and you're going to be out of joint with the rest of your life. You're not going to be able to walk straight with the rest of your life if you keep on wrestling like this. And then the angel said to, 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 to Jacob, it said, let me go. It's almost daybreak. But Jacob said, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. That's why we come to church, right? We want to be blessed. We want God to do something that's going to change our life. And the man asked him, what is your name? You know who you are? And there's a reason I use this particular translation of the Bible. It's the amplified version. And they added these words in here. In shock of realization, he whispered. You'll find this is like the only translation of the Bible that puts it this way. He suddenly is shocked and realizes, Jacob. Jacob means supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. Pulling your leg. <laughs> Jacob was a liar, is what that means. He's not a truther, he's a liar. Jacob is a liar, and he realizes, I am a schemer, a trickster, a swindler. Do you know who you are? Are you a liar? Are you a fighter? Are you trying to be cool? Are you trying to be funny? Are you trying to run away from everything that God is trying to bring you to? It's that moment. That realization has to happen. Oh, that's who I am. I'm putting on a face for people. I'm trying to lie. I'm one person on Facebook. I'm one person at school. I'm one person in church. I'm another person at home. I, this, I've got this lie going on. It, we're, this don't all line up right. And this is what we need to happen. And the angel said, your name will be called no more 
Jacob, the deceiver, the supplanter. But Israel, the contender with God, for you have contended and have power with God and with men and have prevailed. You see, God did not create Jacob. God did not create Jacob. God did not intend for him to be Jacob when he was born. When he was formed in the belly as that and when he was formed in the belly, God did not intend for him to be Jacob. Before Jacob ever left the womb, God intended something entirely different. God meant for him to be Israel. Israel might sound familiar to you because Israel is still a thing today. Israel is being mentioned in your news headlines kind of a lot every once in a while. Every once in a while you'll hear it in the headlines a lot. Israel is the thing you're going to hear about all the way through this thick book we call a Bible. Israel is the name of the country that this book is written about. And it's all the name of that country because it's all named after this guy in this story. Do you know who you are? You are meant to be so much more than what your mama named you. You're meant to be so much more than the name you've chosen for yourself. You're meant to be so much more than the identity that you have chosen. Because God has an entirely different identity. There was a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus. And he came to Jesus and he said, I know that you are of God. And Jesus told him, except you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. We, we've got a lot of people who are like, I was born into this thing and now this is just the way I am. But Jesus said, you've got to be reborn, born again. You have to become something entirely different. There's a verse that we referenced during Kids Fest, I believe. Uh, if we didn't mention it, I planned to mention it and didn't. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not meant to be what this world made you. You're meant to be what God made you. God made you not to be the liar, but the contender. God made you not to be tough in your own might, but to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. God didn't mean for you to be wrapped up in your own self, but we needed to be totally wrapped in the identity that God has created. You were not made to be a sinner, but this world made you a sinner. By one man, sinner, sin entered into the world. But by one man, Jesus, many can be made righteous. Do you know who you are? You're not. When God looks at you, do you know who God sees? Okay, let's make this a little bit real. God does not see a rebellious kid. God sees a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. God does not see a drug addict. God sees someone set free by the power of his blood. God does not see a lazy, good-for-nothing rebellious person God sees a mighty worker for the kingdom of God God doesn't see whatever else you may have created God sees 
being made for his purpose in his image. The only way to truly discover God's identity for you is to have the same type of supernatural encounter that Moses had. The same type of supernatural encounter that Jacob, Israel had. You've got to have an encounter with God to become who God made you to be. You can't know who you are without knowing who he is. It's impossible to even really know who you are without God. It's impossible to know who you are without God. Because God did not, God doesn't see you the way you see you. God doesn't see depression when he looks at you. He sees joy. He sees the person he's making you to be. Yes, God knows where you are. Yes, God sees your status. But when he's looking at you, he's not seeing depression. He's not seeing anxiety. He's seeing confidence in who God made you to be. He's seeing an apostolic person that is called out walking in God's way. God doesn't see your sin when he looks at you, he is looking at you through eyes of grace to see who you are meant to become. When he looks at you, he sees beyond your sin and he sees your destiny. God has a destiny for each and every person here. And he wants you to walk in it. He wants you to walk into the destiny that he's called you to. I can give you example after example. I wrote an entire page of names through all throughout the Bible of people who were one thing when God found them, but became something entirely different after a supernatural encounter. And I, I don't want you to get confused by the long list of names. So I'm not going to go into it. All the way. But I've already mentioned Moses. And Moses went from stuttering and scared to standing before Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. Jacob went from the deceiver that lied to his brother, that lied to his dad, that lied to his uncle, and that lied to so many other people to being the man that would be known as Israel that would lead a nation. All throughout the Bible, we've got these examples. God wants to take you beyond your made-up name and picture of yourself into what God created you to be. To your made-up identity, he wants to take you from a made-up identity to the identity God has chosen for you. Okay, let's be real. God didn't create you. God didn't create this identity that you live in. God didn't create the world that you've made for yourself. Social media created that. School bullies created that. Messed up parents created that. Drugs created that. This world has created an image that you have adopted as your own. But God wants to bring you out and make you something entirely different. He wants to make you a mighty warrior for his kingdom. He wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants to, get, he wants to see you baptized in Jesus' name and to be so much more. 
God did not create you for your sin. God did not create you to be a pothead. God created you to be victorious and living in His joy instead of some manufactured state that He has for you. God didn't create you to be sleeping around. God created you to not have to look for that joy in anything else, but to find love through His Spirit. God did not create you for some false identity. God did not create you for homosexuality. God created you to live the way that He ordained you to live, to be separated, to be different, to be the exact thing that He created you to be. He created male and female, created He them. He created you to live in the glory of God. God created you to live in His glory, to perfectly create the picture of a church that submitted to its God. God created you for that. God created you to not live under some false picture. But your name is to be a name that is under the name of Jesus. God created you for more than what you are. God created you for more than what you are. Your life is supposed to be better than the world's. But if we're living in the same narrative of a world that says, I need, I need a drug to keep me happy. If you want to live in the world that I need to create my own, my own language for myself. My own language. I, I want to break the very rules of the language I was born into in order to be what I think I'm supposed to be. But God already created the language to make you whole. And that language was that he, he, that language, that name, that name that is supposed to overtake your own name. Well, that name is supposed to be the name of Jesus. When you go down in the name of Jesus, you have all the identity that you need. You're no longer attached to the name that you were born into. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, that's the identity that you need. If you can be identified by the name of Jesus, that's where freedom comes from. That's when I have everything that God made me to be. That's where the power is. In the name of Jesus. We already said it. There. We've said it. We sung it all weekend long at Kids Fest. There's power in the name of Jesus. And it can break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And in that moment, there can be an army that will rise up and will fight against every attack of the enemy. Do you know who you are? You're called of God. You're called of God. And God has a purpose for you. Jesus. If we would, let's all just lift our hands together in this place. Jesus, I love you. Let's all lift our hands in this place. Jesus, I love you. And I pray that you would help us in this place. That we could overcome every attack that the enemy has. Every false identity that the enemy's made for us. Everything that the devil would try to do in this place. That you would capture our hearts, capture our minds, and capture our spirits, Lord. That we could speak in the way that you've chosen us to speak. In the ways that you've made us to be, Lord. Lord Jesus, I am no Hosadi Anorokonobahe. No Sana Yat Hosamani Anorokonoma. Oh Lord, I had a massani Anorokonoma. I see all that. I need my music up here. Jesus, I see all that. Yes, Sana. You see, 
it's so easy for me to say all these things and you to just think, oh, this is just some more words. We've heard words before. Words, 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 words. But let me be perfectly candid and clear. Think sin is fun. And sin is fun. You think living opposite of how the Bible won't you think everything that this world has to offer is good and pleasant and looks good to, des to, to just devour as we wish. Every TikTok is good for me. Every, every movie is good for me. Every, every book is good for me. Every video that YouTube has to offer is just another fun thing for me to pick up and add into my repertoire of knowledge. It's just another fun song. But not every song lines up with the identity that God has for you. Not every video lines up with the identity. Here's where I'm trying to go with this, guys. The world has created an identity. And it has, it has them ready-made. All these, all these different outfits you can put on and present. All these different masks that you can put on. All these different things. You can be whatever you want to be. The name tags are just sitting there. Just write whatever you want. Do you want to be... Do you want to be flirtatious? Don't do that. you want to be the person who has slept with every boy in the school? Don't do that. Do you want to try... Any and every set and version and brand and mode of alcohol there is. Do you want to try every drug that there is? Go do it. Try it. It's ready. It's able. Do you want to be super successful and rich? Go chase that dream. Do you want to just stay home and play video games all day long? Hey, it's a choice. You do you, man. Anything is yours. You can you can embrace any identity, wear any clothes, have any hair haircut and hairstyle you want. It's all there and for the taking. But in the end, you're gonna get to the gates of heaven. You're gonna show judgment day. God is going to say, I have this all mapped up for you. My will is clearly written out for you. It's clearly written. It's offered. Do you want to follow this path that I already have written? Do you want to follow what I have written for you? My will for you. God is calling everyone everywhere to repent to be baptized in Jesus' name, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to live a holy life, to embrace the lifestyle that He has called you to. He has called you to live holy, to be righteous, to be different. If you want to be different from anything else the world has to offer, I offer you the life that Jesus has called you. Be different. Be different. Live for Jesus.
wanna, you wanna just trip up the devil, embrace the identity that God has called us to live in. Let's embrace the identity that God has called us to. Let's turn away from every other path. Let's turn away from what they're offering out there. And let's turn to Jesus. You can just come, present yourself to Jesus and say, Hey God, whatever you got for me, I'll take that. Because that life is the only life that promises heaven at the end. Because all the other ones end in hell. All the other ones end in hell. The life God's called us to. The life where we where, where, where we try to make peace with people. The life where we're not looking for fights. The life where we're not looking for sleeping around and, 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 and the dissatisfaction of one relationship after one relationship. The life that Jesus offers, that's the one where there's hope. That's the one where there's freedom. The life where there's no drugs. The life where there's no alcohol. The life where there's none of that mess. And we just look to the Holy Ghost to fill us up and give us joy. The fruit of the Spirit of love, of joy, of peace, of gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and long-suffering. That is the life Jesus offers. Let's turn to that life. Let's turn to the life God offers. And let's just pour it all out on Him. If someone would, let's come to this altar and let's say, Hey, Jesus, whatever you got for me, I'll take it. Whatever you got for me, I'll take it. Whatever name you've chosen for me, I'll take it. I'll take that name. I, I want to get rid of my mask. I want to quit pretending. I want to quit faking. I want to quit being everything that this world has told me I should be. And I just want to be what you've made me to be. Let's, let's, let's just offer ourselves to Jesus and see what he'll do. Please pray today. Please pray. Please turn to Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, mm-hmm. 